Every city has its story. Rome wasn't built in a day. New York is a city that never sleeps. Miami's story, for far too long, has been that no one wanted to come here until they found out what grew underneath the trees. My name is Terrell Alvin McCraney. I am professor of theater arts and civic engagement at the University of Miami. And even more strange than my job title, I am a third generation Miamian, rare indeed. So it is an honor and a privilege to be here today, steps away from the inauguration of President Frank to speak to you about storytelling in my city. Yes, I brought you here to talk about stories. The one I'm most interested in speaking to you about takes place in the distant present, the area right beyond right now, not far like the future, but the distant present is a graduation, an inauguration, a heartbeat away. As always, as chronological order dictates, we must first deal with the past. Once upon a time, Miami was a place Henry Flagler did not want to come to. He had stopped his train somewhere around St. Augustine and was persuaded by a freeze and a bushel of oranges to uh, come through, or dale, as we say in Hialeah. <laughs> Julia Tuttle persuaded him, maybe the oranges and the, grape, the sea grape bushes did their job. He came to Miami bringing his industry and way of life. And that was true for a while for art in Miami as well. For years, our art places were built to house the storytelling and tellers from other cities. The Deauville and other resorts like it built cabarets and theaters so that the brightest from elsewhere could come and play in the winter haven that was being created. And further along still, we began to bus and truck the hit shows from on and off Broadway through our spaces. We found ourselves, and still to this day, losing artists that we trained in some of the best institutions to larger cities, to cities whose investment in their cultural capital felt more palpable. What do I mean when I say cultural capital? Well, for at the RSC, the Royal Shakespeare Company in England, for example, they created one of the most robust theater education programs in the world, providing Shakespeare for free to as many students as possible around the country. Their goal is to get students to see it, say it, do it. In New York, at the public theater, it employs the mobile Shakespeare unit that is a free service that takes Shakespeare to different areas of New York City, including prisons. These investments are made so that art feels like it belongs to the city, to the people. And therefore, when someone decides to move to that city, they feel as if it, that art belongs to them. It's an asset. It's a calling card. It says, in this city, we value art. Culturally, here is what your city offers. Stay here. Buy here. Invest here. Now, Miami's art story has been a little different. We're a little younger, cuter. And again, we were founded and developed initially as a vacation home for Anderson Cooper. Plays performed here initially were meant to stave off the snowbirds from having to go back to New York City to see the latest productions of Hare and Cats. Many a theater in this community, and truthfully, globally, are, find, are finding it hard to do business in this old way. But luckily, we live in the new world. We are doing things differently.
in Miami, there is one very good reason why it's difficult to get audience inside to see a play. <laughs> it's nice outside. <laughs> we come from a people of Rara, Wawanko, Ifa, and Goombe heritage. If Miamians love anything, it's a parade. Oftentimes, as a kid, we would see a person walking in the middle of the road, and we would say, oh, they think this Calle Ocho. <laughs> it's code for jaywalking, yes, but it's also code for outside processional. But these tr traditions don't come from the outside. They come from within. They are homegrown mixtures of the worlds we left behind to create a new one. Miami artists are embracing the outside. And if you think I am making this up or I am joking, take a look at the present and see that artists of all walks have incorporated this in their storytelling. You can now procession around a neighborhood and see hip hop art on walls, Wynwood. We have something called Art Walk for a reason. New World Symphony shows you its practices and its companies on a screen so you can enjoy it outside at a picnic. Big Saturday in Little Haiti has a rara coming down the street and people who, not 10 years ago, would, would not have been caught dead that close to Liberty City that time of night are dancing along with the parade to the jaunty beat. Miami likes its art outside or outside adjacent. It's one of the reasons people come here, and it will be one of the reasons people stay. What else is unique to Miami storytelling? Don't everybody speak at once. If you can hear me, clap once. If you can hear my voice, clap twice. If you can hear the sound of my voice, clap, 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 clap. Call and response. Another vestige of religious practices and carnival atmosphere, it permeates the storytelling happening in the city today. It's always been in our music, bass rap from Uncle Luke to Gloria Esteban's Wepa. Performances with the sense of I call and you respond, get the party started but also keep the community's participation whole. Another thing about Miami theater, this being, Papa Legba, Bawon Samdi, Elegua, the Duende, the Gedes, the Babalau, and the Carnival Barker, the Gateway God. This person is the party starter. Nothing happens without his arrival. And we love a guide to that world, be it the underworld or the seas or stories. Again, this is not because of anything other than we are used to it here. We were born and raised to expect this person at the concert, the party, be it the hype woman at Churchill's on 54th Street, the drummer in the comparse on Calle Ocho, or the host, the drag queen host at Palace on South Beach Lounge. We identify with this mode and means of party and play. Every city has its story. Chicago is the city of big shoulders. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Miami now has a chance to tell its own story, and the distant present has a chance to capitalize on its own cultural awakening. Now is the time to invest, nurture, and solidify the growing artists and practitioners that call Miami home. The University of Miami is already at the forefront of this. We just heard how the Frost School of Music is teaching young artists how to see music differently. In the theater arts program, we begin a summer program that will take young women in high school and offer them an artistic leadership program in the arts. 
Based in Liberty City at the African Heritage Culture Arts Center, our aim is to train young, civically engaged artists who will be the future cultural leaders of Miami. We are asking them to tell us what the distant present looks like. Julia sent a bushel of oranges to entice Henry Flagler. I ask you to watch for the gifts that these young artists will send the world. Thank you.